0: Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop, and I'm Jordan Browning, and we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. Well, welcome to the the Walk Podcast. Uh, we're so glad you're spending the time uh, listening you <laughs> And uh, we thought a good place to start, Jordan, I thought a good place to start would be to explain what this podcast is. So the idea behind the podcast is we want to interview local scholars, professors uh, around the campus about faith and about spirituality. Many of them will be Christian scholars, and our goal is to really ask them tough questions about their own uh, faith and their own spiritual journey. Uh, But also, hopefully, we'll be able to bring on some, uh, some professors and faculty from a non-religious worldview or from other religious worldviews as well, Uh, but the goal is to really make this a a spiritual resource to uh, students and faculty on campus. And uh, Jordan, I thought it might be interesting for you to elaborate on uh, why we're actually spending the time to do this podcast in particular.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I I think for both Aaron and I, um, after having spent time on campus as students, and now as staff with crew at Ohio State, we've had um, lots of conversations with with students at Ohio State over the years. When we know that students can be coming from a wide variety of spiritual backgrounds and even just uh, kind of what they think about religion or faith or spirituality in general. And so we want to recognize that that you might be coming from a, uh, a different um spot than than even us so we know that there are some people out on campus who who believe that you know religion is um, is worthless uh, that we would be better without it um, and that that there's no reason to sort of live life with any reference to God um, yeah Aaron had even mentioned before that uh, kind of maybe a, a good reference to that is in John Lennon's song Imagine, his popular song where he dreams of what a world would be like without religion. Um, and that world in the next line of the song is one where everyone is experiencing peace on earth. Uh, there is no uh, conflict or war. Um, and so uh, we know that those people exist on campus and um, but but also, we want to recognize that many on campus see themselves on a spiritual journey. Um, and so you you might be, Uh, someone who isn't going to go so far as to say that nothing exists, but you also aren't sure what you believe or if you believe in anything at all. Um, so you might want to just learn more about spirituality. Uh, you want to know if there is truth out there beyond what you can, uh, but what you already know, uh, you might have questions, uh, that you want answers to, or you might not be satisfied with the answers you have already received in the past. Um, Yes, you might be actually a, a, already a Christian. You might be like us. Um, but you might have lots of doubts and questions about your faith and, and want to explore those further. Um, you might be a student or faculty member that comes to campus from around the world uh, or maybe from a different religious background or environment, and you're curious about the Christian faith. You want to you know more, um, especially here in America where uh, the Christian faith is definitely the dominant religious presence. Um And then you you might be what has been labeled as a nun, N-O-N-E, those that are are not religious, but you're wondering if there is something more out there. Um, And so the walk is designed to be a resource, um, and admittedly one among many on campus here at Ohio State, um, but a resource for people that find themselves on a spiritual journey where you can chew more on um, spiritual topics. and, and even uh, be stretched with where you're at.
0: Our first guest on the WOG podcast is James K.A. Smith. James K.A. Smith is a philosopher. He received his Ph.D. from Villanova University and is an expert on the French philosophers of the 20th century. He is now a professor at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he is a highly sought-after speaker on college campuses across the country. He came to Ohio State to speak on the topic of one of his recent books called You Are What You Love. Philosophers sometimes have a reputation of being such deep thinkers that what they have to say is so out there, so theoretical that it is irrelevant to the everyday life of the average person on our campus. And as you might expect, as a philosopher, Smith is a deep thinker. But what you might not expect is that he has so much to say that is very practical. Spending time with Jamie, as his friends call him, you realize that he is passionate about the things that are very relevant to everyday
1: life. Yeah, many people assume that religious people today uh, just inherit their faith from their parents. I think that's a, a common assumption today. They were raised to believe religion is what they know, and so it seems to kind of work in providing... A sense of comfort, sense of security, so they just stick with it without thinking too critically about it. And what's what's really unique about Jamie Smith is, as you'll see in our interview, he didn't grow up in a Christian household but came to faith in Christ as he was entering into adulthood um, around the same age as a college freshman today. So um, we're excited for you to listen into our conversation with Jamie as, as we explore his spiritual journey and his experience of doubt even after becoming a Christian.
0: Well, thanks so much, uh, Dr. Smith, for joining us on our uh, podcast, and uh, we thought maybe a good place to start would be to get to know you a little better, and so one way to do that is to ask you a little bit about your spiritual journey. You know, how is it that uh, you came to a point in life where faith in Christ... Uh, made sense to you? And also a follow-up question being, are there ways that you have uh, seen questions or doubt in your faith as as time has gone on as you, and as you've become an academic and a philosopher? Um, what's that journey been like for you?
2: Yeah. Um, uh, so in some ways... Um Okay, so it goes back to when I was a young person. Did not grow up in the church. Did not grow up a Christian home, uh, and I became a Christian uh, when I was eighteen uh, through the influence of my then girlfriend, now wife of twenty seven years, uh, and her family. And I guess it's kind of interesting. I guess be, since I'm a philosopher, when I look back on it, it's. It's kind of an interesting combination because on the one hand, it's like once somebody kind of presented the gospel to me and what Christianity was really about, which I had never really heard articulated before, it just kind of immediately made sense to me, like it actually seemed rational, and so I didn't I didn't have a lot of like struggles or questions to to see it as a kind of coherent intellectual vision that made sense and spoke to something. But what's also interesting is that even though I kind of make my life, I make a living as a thinker, uh, I also don't want to underestimate how much I became a Christian because of the witness of Deanna's family, her extended family, and just the way that they kind of enfolded me in care. So it's almost like they embodied a love that came with the message of Christianity. And I think those two things... Uh, worked in tandem and it's interesting I actually think that's partly why as a philosopher I do a lot on love (laughs) or like I, I now have strong philosophical convictions and projects about why we are more than what we think and it's not just an intellectual set of questions that there's something deeper and more existential that's going on in that so philosophically I in some ways, I'm trying to make sense of the holism of that, my own experience, in a way, might be a way to say that. So that, that was a sort of a kind of a fairly radical experience of conversion. I guess I, I gave up, uh, or, I, or I, I had always planned on being an architect uh, So, for a long, long time. And, and um, I sort of abandoned that vocation. And it took a couple years before I realized that I had this kind of intellectual vocation, as a philosopher. In fact, I was really, when I was a sophomore in college, I read this really influential uh, essay. It was an inaugural address uh, given by a philosopher named Alvin Plantinga, who uh, it was his inaugural address at the University of Notre Dame. And it was called Advice to Christian Philosophers. And that was sort of a manifesto about why Christians should care about philosophy, why Christian faith had something to bring to philosophy as a whole. And in fact, Al Plantinga went on to become a president of the American Philosophical Association. So he brought Christianity into the wider conversation, Conversation of professional philosophy in ways that have influenced uh, uh, the last forty years, and so um, I—that was a big turning point for me too, I guess, in seeing an intellectual vocation. Um, if I think about the struggles and doubts, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think um, loss, death, uh, has has sort of rocked my confidence in at different times in. Uh, um the goodness of God, and so i've had to sort of wrestle through that. How do you make sense of that and i by the way i don't think there's really an answer to a riddle. I think God himself submitted himself to the evil of the world that 's what the cross is so that that's been important, but I also think just living in um taking seriously the challenges and realities of living in a secular society, a secular age, which I don't want to... I'm not like allergic to. I'm not trying to hide from. It's just taking it seriously. And, and uh, one of the things I think I've learned from the Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor is, in a way, doubt and faith are not dichotomous options. It's not I believe or I doubt. It's I believe while i doubt or i doubt while i but like i i don't i don't i don't want to uh, demonize doubt i actually think it's probably more of a companion to believing than we sometimes realize and so taking that seriously i think philosophy has helped me to think through those implications
0: that's that's very interesting what you say because i i think that a lot of students on our campus may have the perception that in order for them to Believe in the Christian faith that all of their their questions have to be answered. That any sense of doubt needs to be uh, completely removed mm. for them to be able to put their faith in Christ. And how how would you respond to? I mean, you did a little bit a moment ago, but could you elaborate on on this tension between faith and doubt?
2: Yeah. So it's and, and again, this is where I, I'm I'm really indebted to Charles Taylor, who, um, in this big book called A Secular Age, he he says what what. What characterizes living in a secular age is not that it means everybody is prone to unbelief but rather that it means we live in an age where nobody's belief is taken for granted, right? Like, nobody's belief system is axiomatic or the default for society. And to live in a secular age is to live in an age in which beliefs are contested and contestable. So so you know you're inhabiting a secular space when you live on a street and your neighbors don't believe what you believe uh, and believe alternative things. and um, they're not horrible people, you know. Like so, like you just realize, oh, okay, not everybody believes what I believe, and um, in some ways, these alternative belief systems have their own compelling character. They explain a lot they so so you can't unless you go stick your head in the sand which i think is intellectually irresponsible you you have to just sort of be honest and realize there are rival accounts of how to be human there are rival accounts of significance and meaning and so uh, um No matter what you are committed to, Taylor says everybody experiences this cross pressure in their lives, right? So no matter whether you are an atheist or a Muslim or a Christian, in a a modern secular society, you will always be bumping up against people who don't agree with you, which means that you're going to sometimes... And it sort of depends on seasons or a day, you know. Sometimes you're going to sort of hear those rival accounts, and you're like, man, that's really... I see how that makes sense of a part of my experience right and you and that that just lodges this this kind of question, this doubt and um, I don't I just think it's important not to see that as some sort of failure. I, actually, I think it's a feature of intellectual honesty and integrity to to just be honest about the challenge and and the messiness of of the space in which we find ourselves. so, I think it's really important for those who do believe uh, uh, in Christ to be honest that that doesn't mean that you are always, um, uh, you know, ironclad confidence in that, you know, it's uh, it's so interesting. In fact, you know, a number of years ago, Mother Teresa, you know, uh, uh, the saint. Uh, published, They published her private journals after her death, and you realize Mother De- Teresa struggled with doubt her whole life, like real seasons of darkness where she's like, I don't know if I believe any of this. And so doubt is not uh, um, an enemy of faith, right? In some ways, it's kind of—in a way, only believers can doubt, I mean like doubt implies that actually you've got some sort of center but if Taylor's right what it also means is that people who are very very confident in their unbelief so to speak or very very confident in their atheism are also going to be cross pressured and and doubt for the unbeliever is actually faith like they they'll be tempted to believe and so I, I just think the 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 space of our beliefs and unbelief is Uh, a lot more messy and complicated and cross-pressured. And I'm not scared of naming that and sort of inhabiting it in that way.
0: Jordan, I really liked what uh, Jamie had to say, because I think in this episode, he normalizes the experiences of uh, so many people, because I think they're are a lot of non-religious people that are out there for sure. that are uh, tempted to have faith, in, as, uh, as Jamie puts it. And I think there are Christians who have doubts. And many of those Christians think that there's something really wrong with them for having those doubts. And, and so I think uh, when Jamie Smith talks about um, Charles Taylor's idea of there being a cross pressure in living in a secular age, both for the Christian and for the non-religious person, um, I think it's that just really, really helpful to describe our experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, something I really appreciated about what he had to say as well. It, it was even a good reminder for me that um, these questions uh, about faith and what we believe are not, we don't simply come to them uh, with rational thought. Even he, ex- he expressed how the experience of his uh, future extended family played such a big role in him coming to know uh, Jesus. And so um, that that there is, we want to recognize, like their experience matters in this, as well as thinking through these things and wrestling with these questions. And, and I think I, I just appreciated that. And maybe you're out there wrestling with this. Like, does my experience line up with, what i believe or what is being proposed here so maybe even uh, a good uh, challenge uh, for those of us listening is is to think through like yeah th- does what i express as what i believe does it line up with kind of my experience does it make sense of what i'm experiencing in life um yeah
0: well we want to give a quick shameless plug for an upcoming event on campus, We have a plan to uh, host an event with Christian and atheist philosophers who are going to have a discussion on the question of why do human beings have value and worth, which I think will be a really interesting topic because I think the average person in our society assumes that we do have value and worth as human beings. Hmm. But the religious and non-religious person may have different angles on to why that would be the case. And so that, that event is going to be on, mark your calendars for this. It's going to be on Thursday, February 15th. Uh, we have Mershawn Auditorium booked, which is at 15th and high. And uh, the event will, will start at 7 p.m. So put that in your calendar. And uh, for more details on that, you can certainly check out thethompsoninstitute.org.
1: Thanks so much for listening to The Walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit thethompsoninstitute.org, a program of CREW at Ohio State.